little things. I think like kids being kids, kids being loud would send me into like complete meltdown mode. Just the overstimulation of that. There were several times actually when I remember having to call my husband when he was at work and ask him, can you please come home? I just, I can't do this by myself right now. That's Casey Huff. She's the creative director for Her View From Home and a mom of three. And she's talking about something that most of us have probably felt as moms at some point, the mental load of motherhood. Today, we're talking with Casey about what that really looks like and how to manage it. Episode eight of the So God Made a Mother podcast starts now. Hi, friends. We're pumped for this one, right, Carolyn? I feel like we're pumped often. We we're are pumped. We're pumped often. We're often pumped. I'm but pumped. you, that, and that voice, that voice there, that is Casey uh, Huff. Now you guys know, you guys know Casey Huff on the internet as this like beautiful, She, you're a wordsmith. Your words always make people cry. Your memes are gorgeous. <laughs> it's just good. And you relate to it and you cry and her, it's just, and her social stuff just does really well. It goes viral as we say. We know Casey though as yes, that, but also part of the Her View From Home family who yes. she is in charge of all of the, the shop on Her View and any of the gorgeous anything you see, it's Casey. So hi, welcome. Oh, well, thank welcome. you. That was quite the intro. <laughs> She's I'll like the, the tripe, the third leg of the tripod. I know she is. <laughs> oh, I love that. She is really like we say family, but really like your mm -hmm. family, you're stuck with me forever. Yeah. And ever amen. She loves yes. us. She that loves doesn't sound scary. <laughs> she also she also wrote uh, a beautiful piece in So God Made a Mother as well that we will get to in a minute. But Casey, would you would you like to introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about you? Well, sure. Hello. Um, I'm Casey Huff. I live in a small teeny tiny town, Colorado. I have three kids, two boys and a daughter, and um just living the dream. I've been working for Herview since 2018. I realized the other day it was just my five-year Herview anniversary. Oh, sorry. I should have sent you flowers or something. Happy yeah, anniversary. thanks for that. <laughs> no, it's um, it's crazy. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. So I started working for Herview from home um, right before my daughter, who is our youngest, was born. Now she's almost five and it's just time flies. Time is crazy. I can, I can remember sense. that when we brought Casey yes. on and she was pregnant and we were like, oh, is she going to be too? I'm like, I we need Casey. We need Casey. She's <laughs> the one. We need Casey. <laughs> we talk a lot about whispers in yes. on this podcast and in the book and on the website. Anyway, Casey, you felt like one of those whispery things. Like, I think you sent us an email too, and that solidified it. You were like, I just, I feel like I need to be a part of this. And we're like, we do too. Yes. We feel like you need to be a part. Yeah. Leslie cried. Of course. I think, do I look at credentials? No, but how do I feel? Then I'm sure I'll get comments about that. I think there were whispers on both sides from yeah. hearing your guys' take as well, because it was kind of one of those things for me that, um, when the job posted, I just, I saw it and I just knew, you know, I had a little nudge, like, that's it. That's the thing. We're going to dive into the mental load when mental health is involved. Do we want to have you start by reading your piece, Casey? Sure. I would love to. Um, so my piece in So God Made a Mother is called The Bittersweet Last Baby. And so this is talking about my little girl. This precious little girl of mine, she's the last. Our baby, even though she's no longer much of a baby at all, 
The finality of that makes my heart ache sometimes. After her, I will have no more little ones to rock, just big kids doing big things. Raising her is a long series of goodbyes for our family. Goodbye to the newborn coos, the first smiles, the wobbly steps, the first birthdays. We're saying goodbye to all the seasons we've become so acquainted with since her oldest brother was born more than six years ago and our second son after that. We've been so deep in the baby and toddler stages that sometimes it seemed like they would never end, but they will, they are. If you've raised the last baby, you know just what I mean. You have a unique perspective with your last that you don't have, can't possibly have with your first. You know, some chapters really do end. You watch as they outgrow their little footy pajamas and their sippy cups in your arms. You cheer as they take their first steps, only to realize when you lay your head on your pillow that they were the final wobbly steps one of your babies will take across your kitchen floor. You're desperate for them to sleep through the night, but when they do, you long for the quiet midnight meeting shared just between the two of you. You eagerly mark their first birthdays on the calendar, but after the candle has been blown out, it dawns on you that your last first year is over. You've been through each of the tra these transitions with your other kids, it's true. But somehow, when you have more babies coming up behind them, the last don't seem like such a big deal. You'll still have diapers to change, outlet covers to replace, and bottles to warm. But when it's your last baby, when your family is complete and tied up with a little pink or blue bow, every milestone marks the closing of a chapter, not just for you, or sorry, not just for your baby, but for you too. Reading that, I'm having all these flashes of my, little, <laughs> my little baby girl. <laughs> You can't help but put yourself there, right? The I know. Oh, that last I know. baby. And yeah. gosh, I wrote this when she was still two and she's yeah. almost five now. And now she's almost five. It really is. I could feel the, the emotion mm -hmm. in myself as, as you're reading this. It really is a different perspective. We don't know if Carolyn's on her last baby, but Casey Carolyn and Leslie. <laughs> they're laughing at me. <laughs> Casey Listen, and I have five kids. It's fine. <laughs> we are on our last baby and it really is a different perspective. And yeah. so let's dive in a little bit of what you knew after having Adley and how your motherhood journey changed a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was actually after my second son was born that I started having a little bit of like chest pain and just overwhelm and little things that didn't really bother me before would kind of take me out and I just couldn't function. And I didn't really know what that was, but then when I was pregnant with, um, my daughter toward the end of the pregnancy, I remember sitting my husband down and I hadn't really talked to him about how I was feeling that much prior to that. And I remember sitting him down on the couch and saying, look, I'm feeling overwhelmed already. I'm feeling like I'm really going to struggle after this baby. And if I don't come to you and ask for help after this baby, I need you to like, push that for me. And I remember him just kind of looking at me and, and just nodding and kind of processing and taking it in. And then I think it was a couple of days later, he, um, just responded, he came back and sat me down and just said, I'm here for you. We have this. And, um, I just, I knew it was going to be okay because we were working as a team. And then after she was born, I was actually okay. I want to say for a good couple months, probably, and then a couple months in, I started just kind of getting hit with those panic attacks, little things. I think like kids being kids, kids being loud would send me into like complete meltdown mode. Just the overstimulation of that 
there were several times actually, when I remember having to call my husband when he was at work and ask him, can you please come home? I just, I, I can't do this by myself right now. Um, and so he left work a lot of days early to come home and help me and be with me. And he brought up that conversation that I had had with him prior to having her. And he kind of gave me the nudge to, to go seek some help. So that's what I did. And I think just the teamwork there and, and realizing prior to delivery that something was probably going to change in my mood. I think that the culmination of those things just helped me to be able to go in and, and seek the help that I needed. So what were some of the first signs that you knew it was happening? Yeah. You know, chest pain. This was kind of like a whole revelation for me. I remember even as a child having chest pain off and on, it was really never explained by anything. And then it would come and go in waves. After Adley was born, I had chest pain pretty regularly. And I would remember driving down the road and I would try to take a deep breath and my chest would hurt. And I, I was sure there was something wrong. And it wasn't until actually somebody in the Herbie from Home writers group came on and did a live in the group talking about how she had been experiencing chest pain. And she had later been diagnosed with anxiety that I realized maybe that's what's going on here too. Like you can't, like couldn't catch your breath. Yes. I couldn't catch my breath. Yeah. And it was very much physical, but I realized later it was connected to the mental health, to the emotional. There would be things like a spill, like a spilled glass of milk or something that I would just immediately start almost hyperventilating because it was just one more thing on the plate. And there's no reason a glass of spilled milk should cause that kind of reaction. But I would have these panic attacks where it's just, I was so overwhelmed that I couldn't catch my breath and couldn't function really. Those were probably the main things. Um, so you started feeling that then again, when you were pregnant with her and you kind of bit. knew, okay. A little bit. That's yeah. really Casey. That's really impressive. Right. Carolyn. Like it's very, it's very self-aware. It is that's, that you, that you were brave enough to talk to your husband mm-hmm. about that. I gotta tell mm-hmm. you, I don't know if I could have done that. Like just of knowing, mm-hmm. Hey, this is me and I'm going to need some help in this situation. Well, and honestly, and I don't say this, Leslie is not paying me to say this, but I don't think I would have had that awareness without this group and the stories that I had read from her view from home, because other women had talked about the same thing. And it it just something clicked in me like a light bulb of, okay, this is what's happening. Because it feels isolating. I think I know I'm Mm -hmm. dating myself, but when my oldest was a baby, I can remember distinctly feeling like I am never going to feel like myself again. And that is such an isolating and really kind of terrifying feeling. And it only perpetuates what's going on. And yes, there's the baby blues and all those things that happen, you know, postpartum, there's so many, and we're not medical professionals. So, you know, disclaimer, don't take our advices, (laughs) go see your doctor, but there is something so isolating and terrifying about feeling like you are never going to reclaim yourself. And you said something about there was no reason for me to feel that way. There was no reason for me to feel that way about a spilled glass of milk. I remember telling my doctor when I went in to say, I'm perfectly happy. I have a wonderful husband and a a wonderfully healthy baby. There's no reason for me to feel that way. And she looked at me and said, that doesn't matter. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, really? That doesn't matter. Like you you think I can muscle my way out of it or something. So yeah, Yeah. it's very self-aware to, to really just let someone look you in the eye and and say, 
you will get better. You will feel mm-hmm. like yourself again. You might not today, but you will. Right. Well, in that, what you just said is kind of another layer because I felt, you know, when I really got to thinking of it, there's no reason I should feel this way. Mm -hmm. So then that added a layer of guilt Guilt. on top of the anxiety or depression or whatever, which only makes it worse. Right. Right. Because it just sort of, (laughs) I have everything I ever wanted. I have three perfectly healthy kiddos. I, um, I should be happy, but I just Mm -hmm. don't feel happy. Mm -hmm. So when you knew that, Mm-hmm. What what are the next steps? What do you do next to take care of it? I remember sitting in the waiting room at uh, my gynecologist and they hand you that questionnaire when you're postpartum. I think it's at your six week checkup, actually, mm-hmm. that questionnaire that asks about your mental health. And I remember looking at it and for whatever reason, my first instinct is to circle the I'm okay. I feel great yeah. <laughs> because it's what we do, right? <laughs> it's what we do. We shove it down. Yeah. We pretend like everything's fine. But right. I remember staring at that clipboard and I think I wrote a post about this. Actually. I remember staring at that clipboard and thinking, no, nothing is going to change. I'm not going to get better if I don't ask for help. And so I did that because let's be honest, having a baby, being pregnant, giving birth is a huge physical and unreal. I mean, aside from the emotional, it is think about the changes that your body goes through to grow and, and deliver life into the world. It is no wonder that you believe we do this, you guys, that's amazing. My OB who I love, uh, always would tell me like at the end, you know, I've had five kids and come in there and it's like, okay, we're getting close. And she's like, are are we really sure there's a baby in there? Like, I don't really believe it until (laughs) there's actually a baby, like, cause it's also (laughs) hypothetical and you're like, It's true. But then you have the baby and you go, that is a really huge shift just in everything everything. changes. Everything changes. Yes. So when you went and and got help, so you don't, you don't have to answer this, but this is just me being curious. (laughs) What did your doctor do for you? Did you get on medication? Were you seeing a therapist? What were the next steps from there? Yes. So she put me on medication that day and I, um, went and had blood work done to make sure. I think she, she checked my thyroid cause she said that's a possibility, but she also gave me a prescription for an anti-anxiety medication that day. And I remember picking that up and driving home with it. And I know some people talk about kind of the fear of taking the medicine itself, but I just remember feeling this relief and it was a release of like, okay, I'm not okay, but I'm taking steps to be okay. And that medication actually it took the edge off, but it didn't do a ton for me. It wasn't earth shattering. It, it helped a bit. Um, but I did have to go back and get on a different medication after that to try something else. And that one works much better. And then I did start seeing a therapist, but I think that was probably not for gosh, almost a year after that, that I probably started seeing a therapist. We moved, um, in that period of time. So another adjustment. And once we got settled into the new house, then I found a local therapist and, and saw her for quite some time. Another one you don't have to answer, but I I will answer all the questions because I think people talk about that, you know, going on medication. Okay. I understand that going to see a therapist for a lot of people sounds terrifying Yes, because you think of the, what I've seen on TV, you know, sitting Mm -hmm. on a couch in this, you know, bespectacled old man looking at me over his glasses or something. Yes. Can you tell, I mean, tell us what was it really like that first time? Were you afraid to go? What, what did it feel like when you, because it's brave to make that appointment, but then to right. go is a whole nother level of bravery. Right. <laughs> so 
the first therapist I saw was actually virtually because Mm. I think it was right at the beginning of COVID. So it was like a teledoc appointment. And I don't know if it was being across the computer screen or just personalities, but I didn't click with that therapist. And I did feel a little bit defeated after that. Um, But I found somebody else local and she was accepting patients in person. And I thought, well, we'll see if that helps. So I went to see her and uh, we just meshed. So it was fine. I was nervous the first time because I just wasn't sure if it was going to be awkward or whatever, you know, all the things go through Mm -hmm. your mind. Um, But she was wonderful and she was just very down to earth. And she actually brought up a lot of different parts of my life that I hadn't even considered could be contributing to what I was feeling, you know, aside from the baby and the adding a third child, she brought up a lot of other things and that was huge for me. So I had a lot of awareness of, she helped me. Okay. How can we break down your days with your three young kids? How can we almost, you're a stay at home mom, but how can we put you on a schedule and your kids on a schedule to make your days feel manageable and more routine? Um, that was really helpful. She also trying to think, gosh, it seems so long ago now. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> she also pushed prioritizing time for myself, which I still don't know if I'm the greatest at, but she made the push for, Hey, you need to be somebody other than mom too. You know, if it's half an hour reading a book or taking a hot bath or whatever, going for a walk, you need to do something for you. And when I stick to that, it it's tremendously helpful, but that's hard but to do. Why, that why is that so hard? Why is that right? so hard for all of us to do? I, listen, I, Casey's a little bit younger than us. This is the theme I'm doing this now. Is this is a theme we're feeling. Are we old? But I am, <laughs> no, like, I just, everything that you've said, it is so brave and you're being so, so vulnerable and something I should have done years ago because I have never seen a therapist. I think I'm terrified to chip away at all the issues in Leslie's <laughs> life. But just the fact that you are just openly telling people that this is okay and, and you can get help and then it, your life can be better. It can improve. You don't have to go through those dark moments alone. Casey, that you're helping so many people by just sharing that. I hope you know how important. Well, I was helped by other people sharing that. So I almost feel like it's like my duty to, to pay that forward. I'm I'm telling you, I think I started her view from home just because I needed all you guys to help me. (laughs) I do. Leslie Leslie has a thousand therapists. (laughs) The older I get, the more I'm like, I started this because I really needed all of this and was probably too Mm -hmm. terrified. Well, but that's, that's a good point though. Leslie, is that it doesn't have to look the same for every person Mm -hmm. because maybe what worked for Casey was to sit, you know, go see a therapist in person for somebody like Leslie. Maybe that's, I, there's no way I could do that. And so I don't think it has to be a one size fits all, which is also Mm -hmm. really kind of a, an amazing thing too, just about that awareness to be aware enough to know that you need maybe someone to talk to you. Yeah. And that doesn't have to look the same as what your friend is doing to, yep. to get through whatever's going on. And to be, well. to be brave enough, truly to reach out and ask oh, for help. Don't that's you what think, it is. Don't you that's think, Leslie, is. that's one of the things about this job, about working with Hervey from home and putting So God Made a Mother together and reading all these stories. And we comment between the three of us often to each other, how brave all of these women are. And we tell people too, you know, thank you for trusting us with your story, which 
Mm-hmm. Sounds cliche, but it is so true. So there true. are so many times where I read something and I go, I am so honored that you are letting us kind of hold those words for you and be able to share it. It's part of the mission. I think we always talk about that. What it's bigger than us, what's yep. going on. Yep. It's the whisper and the book. It is. And it's mm-hmm. so amazing to think that that reached Casey in that way when she needed that validation and that encouragement that maybe yeah, and that you right. that you said somebody in the group was talking about yeah. the chest pains yes. and I like how is that that's such a god moment to me mm-hmm. I mean that's well, that's it, such a bigger picture yes it was such a random thing and the fact that I heard that at the mm-hmm. same time that I was experiencing that same thing it was this click, because like I said, I had had chest pain off and on my entire life and never, never knew why until that moment when that writer was brave enough to share that. And that is not coincidence, friends. No. I, I believe no, that's not at all. God's hand in, in all of this. Oh, that makes me feel emotional. <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many minutes did we make it before I started getting emotional? <laughs> so how are, you, how are you feeling now, Casey? Good. Much better. I am off my medication now, which has been, I was open to staying on if I needed to, but I am not sad about being off. And, um, I am just feeling better overall. My kids are a little bit older too. Now they're a lot more independent. I don't have to do everything for them, which is helpful just because it helps a little bit with that overstimulation. Um, you know, we're getting into our own newest, busiest season. And that's a whole other thing, but I just feel like I can manage it better. Time management has been helpful for me and asking for help. I never used to ask for help in any aspect of anything. And I don't know if that's a thing with the third kid I'm getting smarter, or if I just finally (laughs) surrendered, waved the white flag, like I need help. I can't do this. But you get you get more tired and you're like, yeah, you get more listen, tired. Yes. I cannot do it. <laughs> listen, yes. Linda, I can't do this. <laughs> That's what it is. But I'm it's kind tired. of what you what you mentioned in your piece that you read a little bit from the from the book about how it's it's the closing of chapters for your kids as they age. Yes. And for you, and you're you're closing certain chapters of your motherhood and just your life. And there are different ways that we move through those, I think. Yeah. And that's okay. That's, that's natural. Really. You're not the same person you were five years ago, 10 years ago. And I think there's just a different awareness, probably the more kids you have. So Carolyn, you're probably very, Listen, I'm the most well, no, no, I'm not. (laughs) But I think there's just this awareness too, (laughs) where you kind of start to let go of certain things and realize that some things just matter more than others. You know, are my kids taken care of? Are they loved? Are they becoming good human beings? It's not, I don't know if it was like this for you guys, but for first child, it's like, you want everything to look nice and pretty, mm-hmm. you know, the, from you the, con- to the control first birthdays it. to the yeah. perfect behavior when you're out in public, just, you just want everything to be perfect. Yes. Control. You want it to mm-hmm. look like everything under control. Mm-hmm. And I think by that third or last or whatever, I think you just kind of let go of a little bit of that and prioritize. I remember when, when my first two, when the girls were little and I think my mother-in-law came over once and she was going to help me with laundry. And I was like, no, I 
please. I've got it. Now I'm like, please, please, please come over and do laundry. <laughs> my mom, I used to make all the birthday cakes because my mother baked, you know, for years and years. And now this year she was like, do you want me to make their birthday cake? I was like, please make their birthday cake. Like you're right. <laughs> yeah. There are little things that if they are not, you, you recognize the things that are most important and the things that you can give mm-hmm. up. And, and that's, that's a big step. It does feel, oh, it feels wow. big when you get there. All you can do, you can only control so much, yeah. you know, you, you yeah. can only control really your response to things is really when you get down mm-hmm. to it. And I think the older you get, or maybe the more years you get under your belt parenting and, and just relationally with people, you realize you have to open your hand a little more with your kids, with your relationships. And, and it's letting, it's a, it's a kind of a balance between letting go of that control and, and holding on to the trust that you are a good mother, you are a, a good friend, a good wife, you know, and you are doing your best and that's enough, you know, right. and here's the rest of it. I, you, you have to hold it with an open hand yep. right? Um, and really find that trust, that's, but that's hard. That's yeah. a hard thing to get to. So again, Casey has learned this earlier than we ever did, Leslie. <laughs> I mean, everybody, I think... everybody's going to be all right. The generation coming up. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Six years younger, eight years younger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not that much younger than you. Oh, hang on a second. <sighs> I think uh, I think a lot of times trying to hold on to that control too adds to that mental load. We we're oh, all so have a mental load. We're, mm. we're moms, you know. We have all this stuff going on every second of the day, but trying to hold on to that control makes it ten times worse. You have gone through a journey as a mother, starting out to having three kids, the last baby, the whole bit, and you've you've weathered some storms. So, mm-hmm. what would you say though? to someone, to another mother who's maybe feeling unsure or feeling like I'm just not myself. What's your advice? Two parts. I think number one is be gentle with yourself because that's a hard thing to do. We're always hardest on ourselves, our own biggest critic. And I think the second part of that is just finding somebody in your life. Mine was my husband, someone in your life who you can talk to and who you can share the messy stuff with. So that you don't have to put on this brave face with them. You can tell them what's really going on. And then they take a little bit of the reins from you and they can kind of help you through that. It takes, takes a little bit of the load, the load off of you having to do it yourself. You know, you having, whether that's seeking help or just day to day overwhelm that you need help with. So I don't think Casey realizes how brave that is. Leslie. I know. I know. This is, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, man, I know. These people are all really good. Because that's so hard. I guarantee yeah. there's someone listening who is like, that is, that sounds nice when she says it, but it is so hard, yeah. but it is so worth it. So important. It is hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're right. worth it too. You know, it's worth it. And you can feel like yourself again, maybe a different, more yeah. tired, slightly more wrinkly laundry. Yeah. And that's so hard though. When you <laughs> don't you believe like it, yourself again. you don't, you don't believe it for a time, but you yeah. have to, that's where, and I tell this to one of my kids who, who is hard on himself. And, and often I'll tell him you're listening to the wrong voice. Listen, Mm -hmm. listen to my voice, listen to the voice that, that says you are worthy and that I've called you. And that's the voice you need to listen to instead of the one that's so hard on yourself and critical and saying, this is just who I am now. It's not. Yep. So that's hard to do. Thank you, friend. This was good. Thank you for everything. Casey. We so appreciate you. She's magnificent. She's, she's a gem. We couldn't do it without you. So thank you. And, (laughs) and thank you for the words that you share 
to strangers across the internet. You're helping so many and, and you'll never know just by being vulnerable what you're doing. So thank you. Oh, thanks guys. Until next time, Carolyn. Remember, the world needs your story. Bye guys.